Welcome to the Dennis Jernigan Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help you find healing for your wounds, find hope in your despair, find intimacy in your loneliness, find refuge from the storms of life, basically to help you find a deeper walk with Jesus. There's one thing I absolutely know after having lived all these years now, and it is this. Our God wastes nothing. He does not waste our sorrows. He does not waste our wounds. And guess what? He does not even waste our failures. Hi, I am your host, Dennis Jernigan. Today's podcast is a bit different from past podcasts and that I'm doing my first podcast via Zoom. And the reason for that, today I have the privilege of interviewing a very special guest. My special guest for today is one of my oldest friends, and I'm not talking age-wise. Well, maybe I am, but... But we've known, we've known each other for a long time now. We were members of the same church for many years, and she eventually came to work for me, or maybe a better way to say it is she eventually came to work with me as my manager. She happens to be one of the funniest people I know, and we have probably spent more time laughing than we have actually spent in coherent conversation through the years. <laughs> that's, that's just basic reality. In fact, when I think of this person, their life looks like the personification of Proverbs 17, 22, which says this, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Have you guessed who I'm talking about? shop Kathy it's Kathy who's that looking for the church police you guessed it it's Kathy she can spot a Pharisee a mile away see right through the masks and the games they play fighting for the truth setting people free worst nightmare of the Pharisee it's Kathy Of course, I'm talking about my friend, Kathy Law. Hi, Kathy, and welcome to the Dennis Jernigan podcast, which I'll just say right up front may never be the same again after we're done here today. What do you say? Hi, to that? Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's about the best introduction I've ever had. Well, it's the best I could come up with. <laughs> yeah. Well, you read it just like I wrote it. Well, that's the idea. Uh, we, we, we've got a lot of catching up to do. Why don't you tell us, tell us about your family and how long have you and Doug been married and about the kids and grandkids and just give us a brief synopsis of your life. Okay. I I'd love to. I, um, and by brief, I mean less than 10 minutes. (laughs) Okay. Oh, you know, that's not easy for me, but, um, well, let's see June, Doug and I'll be married 45 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, poor and, Doug. I, <laughs> I mean, did I say that out loud? I think you did. Sorry, I, you might I, need to use the mute button. I have um, Park, Parkinson's, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's one of the symptoms, though. Um, anyway, <laughs> being married has uh, been. Well, you know, I used to say that the most uh, difficult years of marriage are those following the wedding. <laughs> and uh, I'm still saying that. 
and we Doug works from home, so he's um, we're together every single day, and we're at the retirement age, really, which I can't believe that we, you know, you and I started out together in, I'm going to say 92, would that be right? So that was, that's 30 years ago. Wow. We were, I was in, we were in our early thirties. And so a lot's happened since then. Um, when we first met, you know, we had, I had Lindsay and y'all had um, Israel. And then all of a sudden we had 13. <laughs> well, we didn't, but together, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that sounds bad too. So combined, not together. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Yes, we were one of the few ministries that stayed totally above reproach. <laughs> um, but anyway, my kids are all married and have kids. And that this is my favorite part of life is, is uh, the grandkids and teaching them stuff. You know, yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Uh, we met in the late 80s, but I can't remember if it was 86 or 85 or. Oh, that's true. It was uh, Lindsay was three. It was 85. In fact, you had that's how I came to the church as someone had said, we have this new worship leader and we know you would love it because um, we know you like to raise your hands and stuff. So <laughs> I was like. <laughs> So, yeah, that was when, yeah, and I think you had just, we came in May, and you had just started there in April of 85, maybe? Something know. like that. I, I lose track of all those kinds of things. I know that in the early 90s, you became a manager, which, looking back now, makes me wonder, just what the heck were you thinking? Uh, I don't yeah, see I I had a little, I think I had a head injury. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't see how you did it all and put up with me. And I was thinking today before the interview, maybe a better term for you would be tolerator than manager. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, it was some of the best times of my life, my entire life. And the, the healing, like you're talking about laughter and good medicine, healing and came through because we did have so much fun. And, you know, you were the person that uh, launched the comedy part of my career. And um, because you had uh, some different guys that would take up the love offering at Night of Praise and they were real, uh, I mean, great men. But I didn't, they were kind of, um, what's the word? Baptisty. Oh. Boring, it's, which sometimes are syn synonyms, but um, and so you just said, Well, why don't you do it? You know, why don't you do the love offering? So I just did my own, you know, style, and um, yeah, I those think were... we had a, a lot more money, got a lot more money. All I know is it, it made offering time something to look forward to. And that sounds terrible to even say out loud, but I looked so forward to those monthly nights of praise just for the offering. 
And again, that sounds terrible because, and I, I probably need to tell our listeners what we're talking about for, for a 15 year period, we called together the body of Christ in Oklahoma city and the surrounding areas to worship on the first Friday night of each month. And for 15 years, we did that. And people would come from literally all over the country to worship with us. And it wasn't uncommon to have 2,500 or 3000 people show up. And it was my just 15 of my most precious years personally. And I'll, I'll and I still have people to, the, to this day ask me, when are you going to do another night of praise? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. And, um, I'll even be in the mallers and people will holler, Hey, Dennis Jernigan lady. <laughs> and uh, They'll look at me in the mall and they'll say, you look different. Uh, are you sure you're Dennis Jernigan? Can you turn sideways? Cause they were used to seeing me sideways at the piano and they said, no, that's not you. And then I had one person say, uh, you look heavier on TV. And what am I supposed oh, to say? Oh. Thank you. Thank you. So. Yeah, that I think that goes, that'll go in my, I'm working on a book. And I mean, it's going to be a while because everything I do takes way too long. But I'm <laughs> it's called people say the funniest things, but I'm not laughing. Oh, I, I want to so be in that book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was those 15 years were the best. And awesome. let's, let's talk about some of the things that you remember from the years of managing me and I know we both have stories that we could tell, but what are some of the things that come to your mind when people would call and request that I come and minister somewhere? Oh, well, the phone rang off the hook for sure. I mean, it was just a constant and um, wrong you know, numbers. We, we, and I would say, I don't need a car warranty, but <laughs> now, you know, they, I wouldn't have them send it, in, send it in writing, but sometimes, you know, people would call and what, two that stand out is there's a guy that uh, was calling from Alaska and I told him the process, send it to me in writing, but he's completely booked this year. I mean, I, and he was like, oh, but our worship leader is in ICU and, and we just need Dennis to come and encourage us and, and we're worried about our worship leader. And I said, well, he, I just, you know, I just really doubt that we can squeeze it in, but we, you know, go ahead and send it to me and I'll look at it. And he, then he told me a few other uh, testimonies in the church. And he said, the thing is, Dennis's music is we use it in our church and our worship leader does. And he's, we're playing it in his room right now in ICU. And I said, well, what happened? And he said, well, he um, got attacked by a bear oh and the bear actually like bit the top of his head off. So he had to have, you know, all of that redone and plastic surgery and everything. And I said, oh, well, you should have told me that at the first, because if bears are eating worship leaders, I can send him this weekend. <laughs> and so. <laughs> I remember going to meet him in uh, Fairbanks, yeah. Alaska, and thinking a bear could have eaten me. Yeah, that's. Thanks, I think Kathy. that's the time I put honey in your backpack. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, <laughs> that makes more sense now. <laughs> that the uh, the other one that I just um, it was it was a, a guy that called in and he was very uh, charming. I mean, he thought he was very charming, and he said <laughs> thought he was very charming. <laughs> And he was real, one of those kind of guys that he was like, oh, hey, Kathy, hey, babe. Uh, listen, we need Dennis Jernigan to come to our church. And by faith, I know he's supposed to. And the Lord spoke to me and told me that he needed to come. And so I'm calling to say, would you just uh, put us on the calendar? And I mean, the Lord spoke to me and I just know by faith he's supposed to be here. And he kept saying that he knows, he knows, he knows, you know. Yeah. And um. So I said, well, I thank you for calling. And uh, yes, I know about your church. And it was, you know, it's a, a known place, uh, big church. And he said, I said, so I'll uh, just let you know. And he said, well, don't you need my number? And I said, oh, no, no, no. If, if he's supposed to come by faith, I think God will just speak that number to me. <laughs> and <laughs> I <laughs> so, love that. Yeah, I did. I did, too. I love and. You never did go there either, I don't think. But anyway. I wonder why. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was. Um, when everybody um, would call to, they would, uh, oh, they wouldn't know about the songs, like the one you did at Night of Praise on the Friday before or something. And they would, uh, let's see, it's um, it kind of, and they would start to sing, try to sing it to me, you know, which was always funny. And then they would say uh, it had, it was like about Jesus <laughs> and <laughs> no, nah, but uh, talking some about, of that stuff. Talking about Dennis Jernigan writing about Jesus. What? <laughs> I know that's weird. And um <laughs> But yeah, quite. I met a lot of great people during that time. A lot of them I'm still in touch with, and um, and they ask about you every time I talk to them, and and I just make a bunch of stuff up. And uh, so normal. <laughs> but I usually not. I, <laughs> yeah, like I did when I was managing. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, that's those are two that come to. To mind, can you think of any? Well, I can think of one, but I don't, I don't even know if we should share it because. <laughs> <laughs> because. I don't know if you remember, but we were doing a conference, a worship conference at Gallaudet University in Washington, D.C., which is a deaf university, which is neither here nor there. They were renting the facilities for the conference and it was during oh, yeah. a break and you were trying to make airline reservation changes and we were flying Southwest. And I remember the, the place being so noisy and you at a payphone, a bank of payphones, trying to change the reservations for me and the band. And I thought you were going to have a cuss and fight with this person. Cause all I heard was you yelling in the corner, F you, F you. And I'm like, what is going on? And I thought, I can't believe Kathy's talking like that. <laughs> and so <laughs> I went over there and I said, what is going on? Is everything okay? And 
you were reading the ticket <laughs> numbers because <laughs> you couldn't hear. All I heard was you cussing out this lady on the phone. At least that's what I'm, I interpreted it as. So Yeah, that's awesome that you thought it was the confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I kept my job so long, I guess. I'll get letters um, about that one, but that's a true story. Oh, I'm so glad you reminded me of that because I really have forgotten about that. But that's I'll be retelling that. <laughs> Because, you know, I, I always went to the edge. I mean, I was, I didn't know how to be anybody else, but me and don't, I didn't want to be, but I, uh, but I know, you know, as a Christian, bad language and unwholesome words are, you know, I mean, I want to honor the Lord in what I, what I say. And, um, and we know, we would know where the line is, you know, and, um, I did have a lady leave my, I think we were at Bob Hoffman's church in McAllen. And I was talking about um, something, but I used the word rear end and she (laughs) got up and left because I was too raw for the house of God. Oh my gosh. I know, but that's okay. But that's an appropriate word to end that story with. So, I, I, you know, I've been dealing with Parkinson's and it's just instead of Parkinson's ruling my life, I decided I would rule it and use it for the kingdom. And one of the things that I'm required to do is just get exercise a lot. And I know you have a lot of expertise in this area. I used to be able to run around the block, but I can't anymore. So I've taken up swimming. Do you still run around the block? Uh, I do. And then I kick it back under the bed (laughs) and get back in bed. And, (laughs) you know, that's funny that you say that because today I went to the doctor. You know, we have a lot of doctor's appointments. Have you noticed that? And um, this was a I had to get a shot in my hip. Rear end. um, in my rear end. And well, in fact, I'll, well, was it I asked okay? <laughs> what the shot or the, well, I just said, but was it okay? <laughs> oh, you cracked me up. But anyway, um, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I just spit water all best. over the computer and the, the keyboard. <laughs> Oh, that was a professional oh one. Let me tell gosh. you. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> we well, did not plan that, people. So just that's just my reality. No. And um, and if they can't see the video, that really was the best <laughs> automatic spray of the water that I've ever seen. But anyway, I uh, asked the doctor today if. Uh, we could do a butectomy. <laughs> it seemed reasonable. You know, I fell recently and that's what I hurt. I got a little hairline fracture in my pelvis. And so he said, no. And I said, and he's a Christian doctor and up here where I'm living in Edmond area. And his doctor shattered, love, love, love him. And he, um, when he said, no, I just said, 
you know, I thought you're a Christian. How, look how many people I could help just <laughs> being a donor. And, um, oh my God. He didn't. And then get this, Doug asked him, when can she uh, start exercising? And <laughs> he looked at him like, what do you mean? And he said, well, I mean, she's 65 and she's never started. <laughs> so that's why I mean, ruin a good thing. Why start now? Well, that's exactly what, and I'm, you know, him asking that and you're, you're asking how long we've been married. It's why I've always said, if they can put a man on the moon, why can't they put them all there? <laughs> why? Um, but anyway, well, here's yeah. a, here's something I've been thinking about lately. You know, the old term or phrase behind every great man stands a great woman. Uh, Jim Carrey says behind every great man stands a great woman rolling her eyes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and I say stands a great woman that wants to get in that drawer because y'all are always in our way in there, it seems like. You know, yeah, that works both ways, though. <laughs> I know you always have been like an equal. You see us as equal. I, I appreciate it, too. Well, I do. Uh, just there's so much in my life that uh, just has come as a direct result of your place in it. And Melinda and I just are both just so grateful for you and Doug and your family and what you've meant to us through the years. And that leads me to a, a question about a song that has been special to you for quite a while. And I'll play it uh, during the podcast and I'll have to edit it in, but the song, Lord, though the world rejected me, uh, you told me you had some thoughts about that. And I'd like you to share those if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. That song. Wow. Um, you know, a lot of my feelings of rejection were more of a perception or things that I kind of, um, I don't like, even with my own father, I don't know that he actually rejected me, but I, his lack of affection or affirmation, I interpreted that as, as rejection and, um, I used to say that when I was younger, I had uh, two imaginary friends and they would only play with each other. <laughs> and uh, I think um, there's things that happen to me that I let define me. And, um, and I would think out of that hurt, wounded spot, you know, and um when you wrote that song, I, I I told you about a couple of things that had happened that I'd never really shared with anyone. And um, basically said that I would just, when I would hurt so bad, I would just go, Jesus, put your arms around me and hold me. And, you know, I'm telling you this, and you're one of the most empathetic people I know. I mean, and you turn around and have your back to me and you're writing stuff down. And I'm like, hmm, uh, this is probably the most serious thing I've ever shared with anyone. And what you're doing was getting lyrics. 
So you went straight from empathetic to pathetic. <laughs> Which, oh man, then we could talk about prophetic words and pathetic words. We can do that sometime, maybe the next time even, because yeah. boy, I, but that song had, I think has brought healing to so many people, but just because God used what we were talking about that day and, you know, and it, it's not unusual that other people have suffered through some of the same um, and have been victims of other people's evil. Sure. And, um, but yeah, I still listen to it. I still have the original. You wrote it that you wrote on and I, you framed it for me and gave it to me. And so, yeah, it's been a, um, an awesome healing song to me. That was and July it, of 1988. Oh my goodness. Was it really? Yep. I'm writing that down right here, July. Um, Are you really writing or just pretending to? <laughs> I can write. I can still write. Um, <laughs> but I, um, what was the question? <laughs> oh, about the song. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I think, you know, and the older I get, the more the whole rejection thing. I remember how I used to, I cared so much what people thought. And it's like flipped real big where I, you know, I just don't even care. For you to say that blows my mind because one of the first things that drew me to you was the fact that she says what she thinks and she doesn't care what anyone else thinks about it. I well, love that. But the older I get, the, the, the more I'm that way, I'm like, I, I can blame it. I have Parkinson's. I'm 63 years old. So get over it. Yeah. And I was discipled by Kathy Law. And she exactly. doesn't Exactly. And Jesus loves me. That's the bottom line. And he, uh, not only does he love me, he just likes being with me. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where we get our identity. And that's where, that's the power that we walk in is knowing that. I mean, you know, we're really just a couple of two hurt little kids that have spent most of our life trying to, uh, get over that. And God did set us free yeah. and give us a new identity and new creation and taught us how to fo focus on him worship. I mean, that's the thing about that. I think about that you imparted to me and everyone um, is the worship focusing on him instead of on my past or my um, present circumstances. You know, if I just, turn my eyes upon Jesus. And I think I'm getting a song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking maybe you're not. Maybe it's already been written, but <laughs> you know, I, um, I just, that changed my life. Totally changed my life from my salvation experience and then getting to sit in the presence of God, as you were the lead worshiper and just going, um, surrendering 
and and it's still it's it's the thing that gets me through every single day and i'm not always you know sometimes i get under it and i'm you know um i don't always do i'm not i don't mean to sound like i just go around in a constant state of worship but it's your go-to it is yeah
if I get to feeling down or just anything that comes against me, is especially the lies of the enemy, the lies of the world, the rejection of the world. It's like, wait a minute. I, my default setting is Jesus loves me. I belong to him. And again, I'll say this again. He likes me and likes being with me. So what, what else do I need? And I've learned to, to see life from the king's point of view rather than my pathetic point of view. Mm-hmm. I, when I was a kid, I just remember being a glass half empty kind of guy. And that's because of the melancholy part of me. That's, that's just the way I would naturally tend to see things. But the way I've learned to, to take life now is just Romans eight twenty eight. God causes all things to work together for my good because I love him and I'm a called according to his purpose. And so people tell me all the time, you shouldn't proclaim you have Parkinson's. I'm like, I'm not proclaiming that at all. I'm proclaiming that God is the God of Parkinson's and what the enemy means for evil, God will use for good. Oh, amen. And I mean, Apostle Paul said he had a thorn in the flesh. I mean, and I think one of the main reasons he said that is to say, and look where my strength comes from. Exactly. And don't let anybody tell you what to say. I tell you, that just aggravates me. The first time I publicly shared that I had Parkinson's and uh, people began sending me all types of remedies. And if I would just proclaim this, do this, drink this, eat this. It's like if I did everything everybody wanted me to do, all I would be doing was Mm -hmm. just stuff that got me nowhere. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I just decided, you know, I'm going to, I appreciate because I think they come from a good place. They they Mm -hmm. do genuinely want to help. But when I, I wind up feeling judged rather than really cared for, that's where I draw the line. I I just walked away from that. And I know you have a lot of thoughts on what we used to call the church police. Oh boy. And do they, they're the ones usually given those pieces of advice. Um, No offense, church police, but I've heard this recently and it's, um, Unsolicited advice is criticism. And for the most part, you know, we don't solicit. I used to have people coming up to me and saying stuff to me after the comedy too. And, um, or how I, uh, you know, you shouldn't say bulimic amnesiac because people have real problems with bulimia. And I know that. And I wasn't trying to offend those people, but mine was a true disorder too, that I would eat and eat and eat and forget to throw up. (laughs) And so, you know, it's, um, I, I think because we didn't really conform to the religious spirit, you know, um, and the religious spirit was after us a lot because praise scatters the enemy. Yes, and it does. Um, and I think people who are living a double life or living, hiding things, um, you know, the enemy did come after us. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. And, and at the same time, the, um, 
the call on our life and the way you helped people get to a place where they could really fulfill that call um, is one of the best. I mean, we're supposed to be about love and that's, uh, I think a true friend is one that will drop your name in a room full of opportunities. And you did that a lot for me. And um, I remember one time at a church, um, I was thinking about this yesterday that this lady, you know, prophetic words, which I believe in prophetic sure. words of knowledge, God speaks through people. And she, she said to me, um, God's going to use your voice around the world. And I was like, and I wasn't even speaking then or anything. And um, I just kind of went, okay. And so, <laughs> you know, when, like we talked about earlier about the offering and doing that, this stuff on stage and then it worked into a comedy album that was your idea and your production and your paid for it out of your pocket and you know just supported me in a way that is I'm going to start crying if I don't be careful um but about I don't know once it was out about three or four years I started getting I'd gotten several letters from um Africa Israel. One was a guy took uh, this this Jewish girl up to Mount Zion, and he put my CD in and let her listen to it, and she got saved. Whoa! And so, um, and then I was China, Egypt, and I can't just saved all of that. And all of a sudden, I went, oh, "My voice around the world." That's true. It, you know, and. Who would have ever thought that? I mean, I just, I wouldn't have. I didn't. Uh, well, yeah, you did. <laughs> Thank you hey, for believing in me. I did. I did. And I still do. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> love you too. Okay. Enough about you. Can we talk about me some more? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enough about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> oh, my, oh <gosh>. my gosh. <laughs> there we go. We used to do that all the time. I know. We'd say the same thing at the same time. It's pathetic. I know. You know, a lot of people thought we were brother and sister. Uh, there was a, I don't know, because of, we we were a lot alike, actually. Yeah. And um but sorry. <laughs> I told him you were adopted. I told him you were adopted. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's another thing I was thinking about as far as some girlfriends and I were at lunch and they were talking about everybody had lost their mom and we were talking about how hard it is. And uh, we don't, you know, we just want to hear their voice. And you interviewed my mom and got it on CD and I still have it. And when I miss her, I get it out and I listen to her voice. And again, what a gift. That was so awesome to have. That was just, uh, I know it was of the Lord. I wanted to do that for you. I did that for a couple of people, but uh it was just one of the most special things I've ever gotten to do is just, it, to me, it was like 
helping you, this sounds so arrogant, but I don't mean it that way at all, helping you leave a legacy for your children and their children and their children Mm. and their children. And that many years down the road after you and I are in heaven stirring things up, that (laughs) those left behind here are going to have, see, here's what grandma Kathy went through, great grandma Kathy went through, and here's how she dealt with it. And Jesus is the, he's the answer to every question asked. He just is. Yes. And I think that's the most common ground that we shared. And we started at that place because we met. And I, I still think this is so cool. We met because of worship mm-hmm. and focusing on Jesus. So I just think that's cool. Yeah, that is. In fact, it was so powerful. We had just moved back from Dallas where Doug was going to Bible. He got his master's in biblical studies and we moved to Oklahoma city and they were, we were already going to the church and we had already met you and the president of his school called and said, would you come back? And we want to offer you a position. We want to pay to get your PhD. You're one of our most promising students in ministry. And we just want you to come back. And he literally told them, we've just met someone whose our life is changing in a way that we don't want it to stop. We don't want anything to interfere with that. So he turned down that job. And we've been struggling ever since. (laughs) I'm out of water or I would have spit all over the screen. (laughs) And, you know, it's like I don't care there were people that said you're crazy that's such an opportunity you should go do that i wouldn't miss what god did in those years for doctorates money fame prestige you know nothing yeah it just i know i'm with you i know you do because yeah so let me ask you this do you have any tips for growing older or should i say growing old well, don't start exercising. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was a reason I had you on today. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think really laughing a lot and finding things to laugh about. I mean, we, we love to watch comedies and we love to be around people that are fun and funny and um, do as much of that as you can with people. Um, I've, you know, you got to weed out a lot of the drainers and I don't mean we don't love them and help them or anything like that, but you know, there are some people that just were born without a funny bone and I'll be around. I mean, Oh, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Parkinson's. Tourette's. But um, did you say you could edit this? Yeah, but I don't know. That's the name of my album. Can you say edit? We've come full circle. (laughs) Um, But I think prayer right now, I mean, when people tell me they're bored or they don't feel like they have a purpose or I'm, I mean, what's more powerful than prayer? 
that you can do for your grandkids and their friends and, you know, the country. Yeah, I know. I, I pray over my kids constantly. I just, that sounds crazy, but I do. And anyway, that's, mm-hmm. that's just wisdom. And, yeah. And don't forget, we talk to God and he talks to us. It's not a, you know, just a one-way thing where he hears what we're saying. We've got to listen for him too. It's called a relationship. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Mm. And <laughs> can you imagine in our relationship if you would have just talked the whole time and I didn't say anything? Can I say something now? <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Is this your interview? Uh, not anymore. <laughs> so how do people get in touch with you if they want you to come and speak or share or whatever? Um, can they call you because I managed you and don't you think you could return the favor? <laughs> I have somebody still do that for me. And (laughs) well, you know, that would um, be the worst decision of your life. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, I people get a hold of me a lot on Facebook. um, And then uh, my Kathy Lockcox.net email I get. And, um, you know, I mean, I can give my phone number out. Um, but you can, the best way is to email me and, uh, and, you know, we're working on those MP3 files as we speak and I'm going to get those where you can, you know, get some of the album or all the album. And it's from 1998, if you can believe that, but it's, uh, the truth stays relevant and, The humor is still relevant, I think. So anyway, that's, you know, and if all else fails, whoever's doing yours, they can just call and say, uh, can we get in touch with Dennis's friend, Kathy, that he's crazy about? (laughs) I think I could probably manage that. We need to figure out a way to get your, your comedy recordings on iTunes. Maybe I could help with that. Um, yeah. Oh, well, that'd be awesome. We'll see. And I've had a couple of people mention that and ask me about it and, and say they were going to help me. And um, so, but uh, you actually will do it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, you had two questions more. You had two, I thought. I don't want to cut you off there. I think I asked them both. Okay. Did I answer them both? Sure. (laughs) I got a shot in my hip today, so I'm not sure what's happening. Um, Um, What I'll do is um, I didn't even plan on ending the conversation, (laughs) but (laughs) I just want to thank you so much for just so much you have meant to my life and the life of my family and you and your family and uh, what you did to just help me do what I do. Uh, I don't travel anymore, but thanks to what you did, 
the music is still out there mm -hmm. and I, I still share via YouTube, the podcast, uh, all kinds of social media stuff. And so I can sit home and basically, like you said, let my voice be heard around the mm -hmm. world. Yeah. That's an amazing day and age we live in. And I'm just proud to share you again with the world and want the world to get to know you uh, mm. because Jesus exudes out of you. He just does. Mm. And I'm thinking of a Play-Doh machine now with where you put the Play-Doh. <laughs> you better get Sorry. those mints on board. Um, right. <laughs> you know, what you just said is was my greatest honor. And I am so proud of you for the way that you stand for the truth and when it, it's not popular anymore to do, but the truth wins and you are a winner. Well, You're a winner. And I love you so much. I love you so much too. And what I've learned through it all is that I can either be a victim or I can be a victor. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be anybody's victim. I mm -hmm. am nobody's victim. I don't, I don't care what they say, what they do. Jesus is the only constant thing in my life for sure. Yes. And eternity, get ready for me and Kathy because heaven ain't seen anything yet. That's how oh. I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, I do too. And I'm not talking tomorrow or the next day, but you know. <laughs> oh, get well, ready. I'm not either. <laughs> I've been saying since my early 30s, I guess that. Uh, when I get to heaven, the first thing I'm going to do is kick Keith Green off the piano because he's been there quite long enough. So it's oh, going to be my turn. No, yeah, no doubt. And um, isn't that going to be fun, though, seeing all those people and oh, yeah. getting all our rewards and stuff that we're going to get? I mean, that's what they say. I mean, I know we're going to lay him at the feet of Jesus, but still. Um, you want some bling in heaven? <laughs> I do. I want some bling. And well, I mean, you know, yeah, the streets of gold are there. They could make it out of that. I just have this picture of you and me standing there and the Lord saying, okay, let's talk. What, what were you thinking? <laughs> and you shouldn't have ever sit by each other in church. Oh my we used Lord to Jesus. Because mm, we would whisper about different things. I just remember but, getting tickled and shaking in my seat sometimes. And the, the pastor, he would, he would say, y'all shouldn't sit together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then that's when you became worship leader and we couldn't sit together because you were always at the piano. Well, I guess you could have come and sat by me, but that would have been <laughs> awkward. See, I don't think it would have. That's the thing about not kidding. You're right. I don't care what scary people think. To think about because that's probably true. Well, I think we need to wrap up this interview and plan on doing this again sometime soon. Okay. Yeah. Like later on today or tomorrow. Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much for calling and. I'll talk to you uh, just, you know, next time I see that little Zoom meeting thing pop up. Okay. I love you so much. Give Doug and you. the kids our, our love. Melinda I will. Says and hello. same to yours and tell Melinda hello. And 
love her big too. And I'll talk to you soon. Soon and very soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was a very long conversation. I appreciate you sticking around to the end if you've done so. I won't take any more of your time. Just remember to look up my sponsors, mpdesignsjewelry.com and trumanaudio.com. And if you would like an MP3 of today's song, uh, Lord, Though the World Rejected Me, just go to uh, the website, dennisjernigan.com. And if you get nothing else from today's podcast, get this. God loves you, and so do I, and laughter does good like a medicine. Now go and laugh and be who Father says you are. Love is